Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program coming to you from NRG Stadium, the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harrison. We've got a good one for you tonight. Plenty to get to involving your Texans draft prep, draft party, schedule prep, all of it happening as you can just feel the season coming, Johnny. I don't know about you. But this has been a very fast off season. Oh yeah! Did I just jinx it by saying that? Yeah, you did. Oh, you bummer. did. But I, actually, I'll be honest. If it slows down now, I'm fine with that. I I want <laughs> the draft to get here, but there's always there's always little nooks and crannies you want to try and fill in. I said the other day, I, f- I feel like I'm I'm further ahead than I've ever been, but you just never feel like you you've done enough. Like, have you seen this guy from Mercer? Like, God dang it! <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta go. Okay, I gotta go find film on him and watch him. Jason Poe, by the by the way, interior offensive lineman. Oh boy! Yeah, I was gonna say I was shocked that you very, haven't seen him yet. My very gosh, intru- I just, I haven't studied him. I've seen him a okay. little bit, but right. I haven't. Uh, I watched the Mercer Alabama game, and so I mean, I I'm just getting to Thibodeau here myself. Cave on Thibodeau, who I gave to the. Uh, Texans at number 13, which I talked about this morning with uh, Sean and Seth, which was... How'd that go? Did they strongly object to your trade with no, the Atlanta Falcons? No, not at all. They the mock trade? No, they... Uh, Sean texted me later and said, man, that'd be bananas if that trade happened. I'm like, I know. I would love to see it happen. And I think it would be... I think it would be a great deal. I think it would be a great deal for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a great deal for the Texans. And also because Atlanta has multiple second in multiple third-round picks in this draft. What about the Saints? What about the Saints? Okay, now this happened at the end of our show yesterday. Mm -hmm. The the Eagles had three first-round picks, 15, 16, 19. Right. So they traded 16 and 19 to the Saints Mm -hmm. and got back 18 in return, but then they got first-round pick next year and then a second-round pick the year after that. So they essentially took – one of their first rounders this year applied the time value of money and turned it into a first next year and a second the year after that. Yeah. And I they only dropped that. two slots to do that. Right. Because they took the Saints, what, 18th? 18th. But the Saints now have two picks mm-hmm. to wheel and deal yes. with the Texans if they wanted okay. to. Okay. Now, this, this, of course, that was one thing that I – was the first thing I thought of was that. Mm-hmm. The second thing I thought of was – Typically, and going back to what Nick talked about, if you make a trade up or down, the the team that's trading up is looking for a player. Yeah. Typically. Right. Typically. But this is a little different because this is happening outside the draft time, the actual draft night. So are they positioning themselves to be able to say, hey, we got 16 and 19, we'll shop to you at number three? at number four, at number five. So if you go to the draft value chart, which I like to do just to get a gauge. Yeah. It's just one way of getting some yeah. value interpretation. Picks 16 and 19 uh, are 1,000 ni- or 1,900. Combine them, 1,900. The number three pick, what the Texans have right now, is valued at 2,200. So the the Saints would have to sweeten it a little bit more. Um, the difference is like 300 points, which is essentially a bottom-end second rounder. You mean two ones, the two ones that the Saints have? You said 16 and 19. 16 is worth 1,000. 19 is worth 
Uh, I'm sorry, 875. I went the wrong one. So you're, you're thinking that those two don't add up to a three. Correct. Those two ones don't add up to I a mean, three based, based overall. I mean, based on the – the third, the third pick in the draft. The value chart. Three. Yeah. It sounds like I'm talking I could, about a third I could see that. I could see that. I could see them having to throw in, I mean, hey, you want to do the deal, Mickey Loomis? Yeah, I want 16, 19, and I would ask for a second. Uh, what is New Orleans? Does New Orleans have a second? Now, New Orleans' second is at 49. That might be too rich. But maybe if you got their – well, you already have their third. Mm-hmm. So the next pick for them is pick number 108. Oh, I'm sorry, 98. My bad, 98, which has 108 points. Right, so, so you'd have to you'd have to throw some things in there to make sure you got the right value coming back. But still, you at that point you end up with 13, 16, 19. Yeah, but do you really want three first round picks? I don't. I know you want the talent, but they all come due. They all mature. All right. those bonds right. mature at the same time. Exactly. You have to decide whether to cash right. them out, continue them. In other words, pay them. You have to decide whether to pay those players. Uh, not exactly at the same time because you have the fifth-year option and you can work with different things right. at different time and sign them early if they're amazing or whatever. But I would think that Nick would opt for picks later. He wants another first. I think he wants two firsts in this draft. Yes. But three gets a little heavy. I'd rather have another one next year than I can wheel that and deal that for yeah. later picks when I that, cross that bridge. I'm with you. And that was, I asked him the question. I don't know if I phrased it properly when I when I asked him but essentially it was it was the number of draft picks that you make is there a sort of cap and I, I'm not talking salary cap I mean mm-hmm. is there a limit on the number of picks that you actually want to make because to your point let's say that a number of them hit all of a sudden they all become due <laughs> they're yeah. all good play like oh man we've drafted and developed extremely well and now we got to pay all these dudes all at the same time that might not be Exactly what you want. I think it, that same philosophy sort of applies to the first round as well. I, and I think that's part of the reason why Philly was willing to do this because it did two things. Number one, they no longer have to pay three first-round picks. Right. And they get ammunition in a draft oh, that yeah. is allegedly in 2023. They've got more ammunition now. they got two first-round picks in 2023 that if for some reason Jalen Hurts doesn't pan out, they got two picks in there in 2023 that they can then move in 2023, like we're talking about the Saints doing, and yeah. go get a quarterback. Um, and there's a thought that there are going to be a lot of good quarterbacks coming into this draft in 2023. I can see why Philly did it. It makes a lot of sense Yeah, from their standpoint. I, I so. see it for a number of reasons. You don't have to pay three picks, and you bolster 2023. And again, it's kind of the time value of money. You want $50 today, or you want 75 down the road? Mm-hmm. And obviously, at 75 is split up because you don't get to make that pick today. So, yeah, you, you don't pick number, I don't know, what, 8, 8, 19, whatever. One of them you're not making, so you're moving that to 2023. But then on top of that, you also get their second rounder in 2024. The draft has not been this discussed on Sports Talk Radio, this debated in the media. Sports social media has changed yeah. over the years, of course, so it's not a fair comparison, but since 2014, yep. since the Texans had the number one overall pick. Exactly. And at that point, at this point, I should say, and maybe a month or two prior to the draft, the 2014 draft, I'm not going to say it was a foregone conclusion you're taking Jadeveon Clowney, but yeah. it was pretty much assumed you're going to take Jadeveon Clowney, right? right? Yeah. But I wanted to talk about something else today. And I brought up the term, I believe I did yesterday, and if I didn't, so what? We're talking right now. <laughs> 
quarterback inflation, Johnny. Okay. So I need your perspective hat on right now. Okay. And we're going to start with the 2011 draft. And I'm going to name some quarterbacks, and you tell me, and I say your perspective hat because you can't use hindsight here. No. you got to go back in time okay. prior to the draft and tell me if these quarterbacks were inflated in value in the okay. draft. Gotcha. Or you drafted the prospect based on you know where he was evaluated properly, right. but he didn't pan out or he did pan out or whatever the right. case may be. Okay. All right, 2011 draft, Cam Newton. I thought he was right where he needed to go. Number one overall pick in the draft. Yep. All right, let's go to Jake Locker going to the Tennessee Titans at number eight overall. I felt like he was inflated. 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 I, you could see some traits, mm-hmm. but I thought, man, whoever takes Jake Locker, this is going to be – it's going to be a work in progress. He okay. is athletic. He's basically Taysom Hill, and kind of like Taysom Hill in that he's rough and tumble, but he's not a great thrower at all. So I thought he was definitely inflated. Two spots down, Blaine Gabbert gets taken by the Jaguars, number 10 overall. Now, I, thought, draft. I thought Gabbert was – was right on. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Gabbert was the best thing since sliced bread, but I at least thought Gabbert could work through his issues mm-hmm. and and be a pretty good rhythm thrower, and he never never got there. I, that that one I thought was about right on. Fair, as our buddy Mike Melton might say. One. Christian Ponder at 12. Way, way, way overinflated. Oh, really? Way overinflated. I couldn't stand Ponder. Okay. I couldn't stand Ponder. So uh, he was he – was Oh, well overinflated. I did not like that pick at all. Uh, For Minnesota. The next quarterback taken was Ryan Mallett in the third round. I loved Mallett. Mm -hmm. I loved Mallett. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. I loved Mallett on the field. Okay. (laughs) Off the field, Big Tex was kind of a mess. (laughs) But, God, I loved him. I mean, I I loved sitting and talking ball. I remember we were sitting in that room. I was thinking about this the other day. I was right in our old studio, Mm -hmm. and I just happened to be in there and – this is in the offseason between 14 and 15, and he is uh, he's out in the hallway taking some pictures or doing something, and he sees me in there, and he's like, Johnny, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing some radio. And he goes, all right, man, let's sit down and chop it up. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And I look over at the time at our PR guy, and it was Brett Mikowski, and I said, Brett? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. Let's go. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, these are in the days of Bill O'Brien, so – we had to tread lightly, but we had a great conversation, man. We just sat there and chatted for a while. I loved him. I loved him. He he just had a few things off the field. He had to – A few things. A few things off the field. Faulty alarm clock. Yeah, well. Uh, and uh, a faulty alarm clock. Yeah. And, look, after they beat Cleveland in 14 when the Browns were 6-3 and three and Mallett wins the uh, game, of course, Alfred Blue helped running for like a buck fifty in that yeah, game, but I won't carries. talk about that. Yeah. J.J. Watt caught a touchdown pass. But after that game, I loved Mallet too, and I, I really was excited for his prospects going into 2015. I didn't mean to make this about the Texans, yeah, though. Back way. to the quarterback inflation gotcha. topic leading yes. into the draft, not after you get to evaluate them. Andrew Luck in 2012, number one overall pick. Fuck. All right, next. RG3, number two overall pick. I thought that was fine. At but the time, he, at the time, that was the guy. Yeah. At okay. the time, he it was he and Luck, and there were no no doubt about it. No inflation there. And the next quarterback taken in that draft would be Ryan Tannehill at number eight overall to the Miami Dolphins. Was he picked right in the right spot value-wise, or was it inflation? At the time, I think there was a little bit of inflation mm-hmm. because he had only played quarterback for a short time at A&M. Right. He had been a receiver, which everybody knows. So he'd been a receiver, and I think he had started for maybe a year and a half after Gerard got banged up and uh, Gerard Johnson, who is now – was he with the Eagles now? I think 
No, he's with the Vikings. He's with the Vikings now. Yeah. Um, and Gerard just banged up, and finally Tannehill took over. So Tannehill had only been a starter for a year and a half. You saw a lot of things you liked. That was more. That was a projection thing. Yeah. There was some inflation built into that uh, at number eight. But you look back and you think, eh, okay. I mean, it's, it's it's probably about right. Was it kind of Davis Mills ish? We're drafting the bananas when they're green and they're going to ripen with yeah. us. But he started was... game one of his career, right? Oh, Tannehill, he had yeah. to. He had to. Down in Miami. I, I think there was a little bit of inflation there, but not a, not a ton. Okay. Not a, not a ton. He went he went the right spot. Brandon Whedon, who was oh. 37 years old when he was drafted. No, he was actually 28 years old when he was drafted. Number one, well, number one draft choice for the Cleveland Browns. Actually, not their first draft choice because that was Trent Richardson. So, first round draft pick anyway. 22 overall, Brandon Whedon. Was there inflation there? Prior to the draft, did we think that that was too high a pick to take Brandon Whedon? I didn't. I, I think that was probably about right for Whedon. There was always the age thing. Mm-hmm. There was always that. Um, but I think that was probably about, that was about right. There was, I don't think there was any inflation for Whedon there. Okay. Let's move on to the next draft. The 20th. Wait, do you want to go to the second round in that draft? Uh, I don't really need to, but hang you on. You sure? Well, who do you want to talk about the six, seven gunslinger from Arizona state? Oh no, that was that draft. What's the what's the maximum amount of inflation you can have? <laughs> what were and I don't say this in hindsight. All right, I don't say so this in hindsight. When he when he was drafted in the second seventh round, overall, we're talking about Brock Osweiler. When right. Brock Osweiler was drafted in that draft. I about had a coronary. Like, are you serious? You thought that was way too high. I thought it was way too high. I had a fourth mm-hmm. round grade on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want any part of this guy. And then he got here. But was he? Turning the tide on changing your mind when he went five and two as a starter for the Denver Broncos in their Super Bowl year. I know he got benched for Peyton Manning at the end of the year. Manning comes back, leads the Broncos to a Super Bowl 2015 season. There was some of that, but mm-hmm. what what people fail to remember in 2015, right? Were those losses at the end of the year? He looked god awful. Okay. He did not look good. Remember they had to put Peyton Manning back in the game. Half well, time? against the Chargers, the Chargers season finale. Thing. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. whoa, this is not good. He, This is not good. And I worried. And, and I just remember when we signed him, I'm like, okay, this is either he's turned a corner from when I assessed him in the draft or, and that's going to be a good thing, or he's going to be the guy I thought he was, yeah. and that's going to be a horrible thing. Right. And he's the guy I thought, I, thought well, he was. what he was was a serviceable quarterback on a really good team that year who went 5-2 and two as a starter, right? Yes. And as far Denver. as the Texans went, the Texans had a pretty good squad that was coming off back-to-back winning yes. seasons. The AFC South was a bit down, and Brock engineered some wins, and he played well he against the Colts and the come-from-behinder. Uh, a few other games he didn't play that well, but they won anyway because they had good defense that year. They were the number one defense in the NFL that year, the Houston Texans. I just Look don't want to relive that first day of OTAs and watching him throw the ball again. Oh, I thought, I've never been more panicked in my life. I like, thought he's just we, adjusting to the Bill O'Brien offense. It's very complicated. Everybody be patient. But Savage looked good. You were, you were better than I was because I was yeah, like, I'm over there panicking. Like, There's nobody on the field right now, and yeah. he just <laughs> I was hopeful. Yeah, Hopkins by five yards. <laughs> yeah, and Hop's was... looking at him like, what'd you just do, bro? Bad sign. Yeah. Next year was 2013. Oh, all and we're doing. Are these quarterbacks, all were they inflated? All, all of EJ Manuel all of inflation. I remember that because a lot of people thought second round at best, but there were the Bills. They needed a quarterback, yep. and they reached up 
and grabbed him. Geno Smith, round two by the New York Jets, 39 That overall. actually, Geno was actually underinflated on that one. I I thought Geno would go at the back end of the first round, so I guess second round wasn't bad, but what, what bad a bad draft. draft for quarterbacks. Mike Glennon, who's made a ton oh, of money, though. Oh, oh gosh, why'd you do that? But how about this? <sighs> Glennon is still in the league somewhere, right? Yeah, he stinks. I know, no but fun. he's still in the league earning a paycheck. How does this Cause happen? Because he's 6'6 with a Howard servant arm. I, if I was 6'6 and had a Howard servant arm, I would have been around the league for 20 years. The six, six I'd be Tom Brady playing in my mid-40s. The 6'6-plus quarterbacks, Brock, uh, don't always do that well. No. Dan McGuire. It's very hard for them to do well. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the wind-up or whatever. Although the, Josh the, Allen is kind of shooting all that down. All right, but he's different. He's like a defensive He's end a playing quarterback. Man. Okay, 2014 draft. We're very familiar with 2014 because J.D. Yes. goes first. Mm-hmm. So Clowney goes first. Blake Bortles, the first quarterback taken third overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was there inflation, did you feel, on Bortles being taken third? That's a loaded question, of course, there a little was. Bit. Yes, there was. I-, I thought he was probably somewhere between 6 to 10. Mm-hmm. So I remember that draft night when I we Did heard you think name. he was the best quarterback in that draft going uh, into the draft? I yeah I think so I'm trying to think Johnny oh, uh, not you Johnny Johnny football yeah Johnny. yeah I might have had Johnny Manziel ahead of Blake Bortles okay and of course that's none of it well I saw today where Blake Bortles asked for his release from the yes. Saints I'm like wait Bortles is still in the league yeah holy smokes mm-hmm. this dude's still in the league like he had a couple of decent years with the Jags decent mm-hmm. but he just couldn't do it and then there was the one was I think this was 18. Where his mechanics just went to hell, like he couldn't throw the ball, like he was it was weird. He couldn't throw the ball. He looked odd throwing the football. And I've thought about that a lot because we had conversations with a certain person in this building. Like, did you consider a quarterback? And yes, we considered a quarterback. Who Bortles? Like, hmm. yeah, okay. And I don't think they'd graded him that high though. No, I and they, and the thought was we wouldn't take him at number one. So. No. God, that 2014 draft, All man. Right. So Mike let, Evans early, Aaron Donald. Anyways. Okay, right. let's get to the rest of it, though. Okay. Yeah, there are a ton of pro bowlers in the first round yeah. of that draft. Yes. A ton. That yeah. was a great first round yes. for a lot of people. Obviously, Clowney didn't stay extremely healthy here, but he made some plays. Okay, yeah. Johnny Manziel, second quarterback taken. We're doing, were these quarterbacks inflated in value going into the draft? So we get to the end of the night. We're doing the draft show uh-huh. on the first level of NRG Stadium for the first time ever, by the way. Yep. And we'll get to the draft party in this show coming up. But Teddy Bridgewater gets taken by the Minnesota Vikings who move into that position, trade with the Seahawks yep. to grab him. And look, I'll defend Teddy on this. He brought the Vikings to a playoff appearance. If that field goal, and you always see the meme come oh, up, yeah. Mike Florio always puts it out there whenever the Vikings kick anything. Yep. They could kick some dirt, oh. and he would put up that meme of the missed field goal at the Minnesota Gophers yeah, Stadium. The Gopher stadium. Uh, anyway, uh, Bridgewater, look, you look at his number, 71 touchdowns in his career, but 43 picks. Still, he's on the right side. He's had a lot of opportunities, just hasn't worked out as well as he's wanted it I to. Don't, I don't think that's – I don't think that's overinflated. No. And, and honestly, I think going into the draft, we thought Teddy would go earlier than 32, but right. I think it ended up – we have to factor in that injury he had. The injury he had, he just shattered Vikings. his – yeah, he just yeah. shattered his, his leg. Yeah, that's his, killed his leg his was just completely shattered. So that's kind of a that's – an, that's an appendix to the – to the um, the novel that you have to kind of throw in there, and a very important one too. So I don't think he was overinflated though. Manziel, well, eh, different story. 
Yeah, totally different story. Manziel flames out with Cleveland. Doesn't even want to play football at this level anymore. Doesn't even Oy. want to try. But Bridgewater, during the last season of his college career, heading into the offseason, a lot of people thought that might be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. I remember we were watching Teddy in a bowl game. Miami. Right. Uh, when we were playing the Titans the last day of the season, and we were thinking, well, maybe that's the Texans quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. So his stock was high, but again, it's media pundit stuff, right. pundit stuff, and then he drops as we go along through the offseason and eventually gets picked last pick of the first round. Derek Carr is now – I'm going to put these in a group now. Derek Carr, and is Garoppolo next? I yes. think Garoppolo's the next one later in the yes. second round. I'll always say this. I know the Texans took Xavier Suofilo first pick in the second round. Look, when you take an offensive lineman that high, he's got to play a little bit better. He's played a bunch of years. Right. He's had a lot of snaps in this league, but you expect more. I always thought maybe Garoppolo should have been the pick right there because yep. if you flame out with a quarterback top of the second round, it's all right. You took a shot at him. Right. didn't work out. It's not like you busted with a number one overall pick or Blake Bortles at three. And Garoppolo clearly is better than anybody we just mentioned other than Derek Carr. And we obviously know the Texans were taking Derek Carr at that point. Right. That, that was not going to happen after, obviously, the, the run of David Carr. I mean, Derek said all the right things. I remember being at Senior Bowl uh, that year and was sitting down listening to an interview that he was doing, and I was like, wow, he, this guy's got it together. And I remember asking, is that how David sounded? Oh, yeah, they sounded identical. Mm-hmm. Derek was not going to be the quarterback here, but I, I think – Hindsight being 2020, I don't think at the time we thought – I thought Garoppolo would go early third. I was earmarking that 65th pick or whatever it was in the third round. That's where I thought Garoppolo could go. Right. And then the Patriots ended up taking him in the 50s and thought, ah, man. But, again, when it comes to quarterbacks, you better strike, strike fast, strike quickly, strike hard, and go get that guy. And that's what the, Patri- the Patriots – Patriots had to know. They had to know. They had to know that we would have taken him at 65, and that's what something, they jumped on him Something there. like that. All right, so Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota go one and two in the 2015 draft, and I don't think that was inflation no. going in. No. Uh, they were picked where everybody thought they should yes. be picked. No one was reaching for them. Now, I know it hasn't worked out the way you wanted it to, right. Tampa Bay and Tennessee Titans, but uh, those players were properly picked for uh, less of a good way of putting it. And crazy as it sounds, those two – are presumably starters in 2022. As crazy it sounds, because as it sounds, because look, those guys have value, they have ability, right? So you're going to stick around for a long time, right? Even if you're a reserve, you're going to be serviceable. Mm-hmm. We just talked about some of the other guys who are still in the league. Uh, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, one and two in the 2016 draft. Inflation or not, picking them there. Oh. I think they were properly rated. Yeah, they, they were. I think they were properly rated. I mean, again, properly, I should say properly drafted. They yeah. obviously weren't properly rated because you shouldn't have picked them right there because they weren't the guys. I know you went to a Super Bowl with Goff, but. Got a big second contract with Goff. But he wasn't Goff worth and... the number one overall pick, right? Same with Wentz. Was he worth the number two well, overall Wentz pick? Well, Wentz is, again, a hard one. Kind of going back to the Bridgewater thing. If Wentz doesn't tear his ACL in 2017, what are we talking about? Are we but, talking about are we talking about a whole different situation? Do they, now? Does it play out the same way? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't do they, know. Do they no. even win a Super Bowl? I mean, who knows? They don't because the magic of Nick Foles would not have been able to occur. I, I think that's true, and I think that we would have started seeing some of the Carson Wentz issues come through. But if you remember in that game out in L.A. when he hurts his ACL, L.A. was great that year, and the Eagles went out there in December and put it on them, and Wentz was a big part of that. 
They put it on the Rams and then struggled in to finish this, the regular season, but then Foles got hot in the playoffs. I, I'm curious to see what Wentz would have done had he stayed healthy through that rest of the regular season. Would he have won the MVP? How does that change things? How is he perceived? And at that point, are the Eagles going to even think about letting go of an MVP who won a Super Bowl? I, they wouldn't even. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, and I don't know how much that took away from Wentz's confidence, how much it took away from his throwing and running ability. I don't know. But it definitely deteriorated in Philly. It deteriorated in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He's got one final shot with the Commanders. This is interesting because Paxton Lynch goes later in the first oh round. Obviously, that was a reach. But with Christian Hackenberg getting drafted in round two, I'll say this about Bill O'Brien. He recruited Hackenberg. Hackenberg played well enough at Penn State where he was drafted in the second round of the NFL oh. draft. That's unbelievable. He was drafted. I don't know whether that's a credit to O'Brien or not. I know he didn't have him for his entire college career, but it's interesting to point out. Well, Hackenberg was throwing Allen Robinson in 2013 at Penn State. That always helped him. When Robinson was gone, no, I don't know. Maybe Robinson was there one more year. No, I, I can't remember. Either way, point being, eh, boy, it was, <laughs> it was not. I mean, Mark, when he got to the Jets, he was so flawed. I mean, the the Jets are like, what is this? He and they never got a, it. It just he didn't have a second round pick. I mean, he was the second round pick. But my, oh my, oh my goodness. But to your Paxton Lynch thing, sometimes, sometimes luck plays a role. Jerry Jones was dying for Paxton Lynch. He was doing everything imaginable to make a trade. He was trying to find every single way that he could get to Paxton Lynch, and he couldn't do it. And finally, the fourth round, Stephen Stephen Jones says, hey, we're going to take that Prescott. He's like, all right, let's do it. Wow. They were dying for Paxton Lynch. So interesting. Dying. And they couldn't get him. All right, next up, more on the draft. Drafts of days gone by at NRG Stadium. Some of the memories because there's a draft party revolution going on. It's going to be awesome. We'll talk about it next here on Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you on Texans Radio as we bring it from the Hyundai Texans Radio studio here at NRG Stadium. Johnny, we are going over draft inflation for quarterbacks going into the draft and are they taken too high or not look it's easy to see in hindsight but at the time did you know it was too high to take these guys based on where they're rated i brought that whole topic up because here we are in this draft and is someone going to reach on willis yes i mean we're talking about all these possibilities of teams maybe wanting to trade up to as high as number three with the texans maybe higher and grab malik willis or is it pickett or is it Ritter? Does Ritter's stock rise in the next couple of weeks to stratospheric heights? Look, I see Ritter mocked in the first round all over the place right now. Did you feel I, like I it was? Him. Did you feel like it was going to be that way coming into the offseason for Ritter? You know, it's interesting going back. You know how I how I do stuff. I'm always thinking, you know, ahead. Mm-hmm. And there there was a thought a couple of years ago in watching Ritter, like, hey, maybe this guy's got something. Maybe this guy can end up being a first rounder, but then you you play a, a ton. I mean, a huge amount of college games. Everybody sees all the warts, and you're like, nah, nah, he's not going to be a first rounder. Now, I'm not saying that Desmond Ritter is going to be a first rounder, but the arc of of the the path to get to this point, at some point, yeah, Desmond Ritter showed he's got traits. He's got some things that you like to see in a first round quarterback. And then you play a bunch more games, and you're like, okay, well, I saw this wart, and I saw this wart, and I saw this wart. You saw everything. 
But I do think even at that point, Desmond Ritter comes in as one of the most skilled quarterbacks in this draft, and he's also one of the most mature and one of the biggest film rats you're going to find. Mm. He's got a wife. He's got a daughter that he had during the season. He said that just changed everything for him, that he is dialed in. And when you talk to uh, the Cincinnati coaches, they tell you that, that exact thing. So from that perspective, Desmond Ritter going in the first round, the arc – like, where we were kind of in January, maybe before the Senior Bowl, was kind of, eh, you know, Desmond's maybe in the second round sort of thing. That's kind of where I had him. But due to the overinflation of quarterbacks, I think Desmond Ritter's probably best served going late in the first round from 25 to 32. That's okay. about where he should go. But he'll go, I think, a little higher than that. All right. Now, I want to do one more year of that quarterback inflation okay. before we talk about NFL draft and draft party and things like that. This is okay. the NFL draft talk. But – when you look at the 2017 draft, what's okay. interesting is that Mahomes and Watson, based on ability, I know Watson, uh, there are some issues there, yeah. but that's deflation, okay? That is yeah. not rating them properly right. because Cleveland took Miles Garrett number one. Not a bad number one overall pick, but considering what they just gave up for Deshaun Watson, yeah. hindsight, you should have taken Mahomes or Watson, period. Right. right. All right? Chicago took Mitchell Trubisky. Do I need to say anything right here? They moved up to do it. The 49ers took Solomon Thomas. Based on what they did, trading for Garoppolo, they didn't give up much, only a two, right? Right. But what they did to get Trey Lance, obviously, should have taken a quarterback right there. I don't yep. care who they had on the roster at that point. Right. Leonard Fournette goes to the Jags. Ugh. I rest my case. I know they went to the AFC Championship game that Man. year, but come on. Tennessee, Corey Davis. We all know what happened to Mariota, but they had just taken Mariota two years prior. You couldn't take a quarterback right there. Correct. Right there. So I get that. That's the first team uh, that did not take them that I feel like, right. okay, they did the, quote, right thing based on where they were at the time. Right. The Jets taking Jamal Adams. Next. <laughs> all right. The L.A. Chargers. They had Phillip Rivers still. They took Mike Williams. Good pick. Carolina. Still at Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey's the pick. Good pick, yeah. right? You, yep. still, you got an MVP quarterback. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. All right. And then you have Cincinnati taking John Ross. No. Next. Now, Andy Dalton's still playing in Cincinnati at this point. Are you giving up on Andy Dalton in 2017? Should you have seen the forest through the trees? We can talk about that. Kansas City is next. They traded up to take Mahomes. Yep. Then the Saints, Marshawn Lattimore. Yep. Good pick. Great pick. They got Drew Brees. Fine. And Watson goes to the Texans at 12 after they moved up. So you get my drift here. Those guys were available to yeah. all these teams that eventually would be aching for them. But, again, I'm using hindsight right now. At the time, though, could they, should they have seen it? Should they have evaluated them better based on the materials, the information they had? Maybe it's not a fair question. Maybe I'm judging them unfairly, and I probably am because, look, look how many people were, quote, wrong about those two. Here's the thing about those two. And and mm -hmm. I always, I always like talking about 2017 draft cuz I feel like I got I got it. I got it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got that one right. Because you had I Mahomes was, third or something I mocked? had I had mocked Mahomes February 12th. It was even before the combine. I had mocked him third overall to the Chicago Bears. And to that and of course the Bears did take a quarterback. They just I thought took the wrong one. When I did my Harris 100, I had Watson 14 overall, and I had Mahomes like 15, 16. So even where they were drafted, I was probably a little bit. But I can guarantee you I was a lot higher on those two guys than a lot of people were because I was willing to live with a few of the warts that they had. If you remember, 
We all know about Mahomes. Mahomes was a total wild card. I mean, you'd watch him in a Texas Tech game, and it's like, he's not going to be doing that in the NFL where he's running sideways and flipped it behind his back 85 yards for a touchdown. He's not going to do that. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, he is. He is. Who knew? He's pulling it off. And to Mahomes' uh, credit, and he should thank Brett Veach and Andy Reid for this, he went to the Chiefs. The and Chiefs, he could sit. They were loaded. And he could sit behind Alex Smith. Loaded. Deshaun, if you, if you remember, Deshaun had – I think was 35 touchdowns. And he obviously they won a national championship. He had thrown 17 interceptions that year. Ouch. So there was a there was a big concern about, man, that's a lot of interceptions for a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this? The loss at Pitt that year, he threw a couple of just boneheaded interceptions against Pitt, and you're like, man, what is going on? So if you got bogged down in that, then you weren't going to see the magic that was the final drive against Alabama, the toughness, all the different things that we knew about Deshaun um, and that we got to see. But we also saw it here. There were moments of, like, remember the L.A. game in 2019? Very early in the game, he makes, like, a throw backwards. Yeah. And it ended up, Desmond King picked it up and started running the other way, and luckily Max Sharping ran him down because I think it saved I think it saved a few points because I think they had to settle for a field goal. But either way, you're like, what are you doing? What the hell? What was yeah. that? What kind of mistake was so that? So there, there were right. some, there were a few decision-making things, but if you, if you kind of sifted through that and went, I like everything about like what this guy can bring. I, I can live with the interceptions. I can live with Mahomes throwing one sideways, falling out of bounds, eighty yards. Because man, he's physically talented, and that was the reason why I was willing to live with it. And I think it's kind of the same from Malik Willis. I, when I, we got back from the combine. We got back from the combine. I'm like, man, Willis is hot. Willis is. I, I need to. I, I want to go watch a couple more games. I gotta. I gotta make sure. So I watch a couple more games, and it's exactly what I thought. But as I'm watching it, maybe I'm looking at it through an overinflation prism, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking, ah, yeah, he's. I, I think if he's in the right spot, maybe he doesn't do You're this. You're making a case. Right. You're making a case for a number one or right. a first round draft choice. Right. Yes. Exactly. And so. Maybe you're not looking at it with unbiased eyes. Mm-hmm. I still saw some of the things that he needs to improve on. I don't blame teams for doing it, Johnny. I don't either. It's too important a position. I don't blame teams for jumping up. I don't like, As we do this whole segment, two segments, whatever it is, I feel that way that you do need to step forward and go ahead and take some chances here. And yep. I think the Texans did the right thing last year, picking Davis Mills, getting the bananas before they're ripe. Right. That was their best shot at making – look, it, Nick – is very much, well, he tries not to do it anymore, making these startup references or Silicon Valley. <laughs> but look, yeah. you're trying to get something low that's going to mature and right. be great, that's right. going to end up being a really high-value proposition. Right. And if it doesn't work out with Mills, what did you really do anyway? Right? What did it cost you? It didn't cost you. had no first or second-round draft choices. Right. Let's go ahead and take Davis Mills right here. He'll mature with us. We'll be able to develop him for a year, however that works out, however much playing time he gets, and he got plenty, and he looked good in that second segment, and we'll take it from there. People ask me all the time, what do you think of Mills? I keep saying, look, the arrow's going up, like Dom Capers would say. He continues to trend upwards. You don't know how high it's going to go. You just hope he keeps going. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for right now. Let's see him do well in the offseason here. You're not going to see much action out here. These OTAs, they're structured so differently now. They're not even full speed right now because yeah. of the union. Uh, but training camp and take all the steps, and we'll all be watching together, right? right. And you just hope that that arrow, mm-hmm. the slope of that arrow, is more vertical than it is horizontal. So you just want that high slope. That's what that's what you want. You want that high slope. You want it going 
this way as I do my arm kind of at a 45-degree yeah. angle as opposed to a 10-degree angle where it's like, yeah. eh. This is really good on the radio, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's great. I described what my yes, arm was you did. doing. You did. I, I did you that credit. at yep. least. But I, I that's the only cost is for, for Davis is do you pass on quarterbacks in this draft that you have an opportunity to draft right. Because you want to see what you have in Davis okay, Mills. That's so there's great, an opportunity cost for that. But that's a great question. I am not – I don't think that cost is heavy in this draft. Yeah. Now, you get to 2023 on the surface. On the surface, I know how. I know you don't like it when I start talking two years. No. Nope. Hey, when this guy gets to the league, <laughs> because I know the answer. Well, you never know how they're going to turn out, Johnny. I know. I know. But it's a forecasting business. Right. You right. have to forecast. Yeah, I know. And that's what you're trying to do in 2023. So that's the opportunity cost. Are you going with Davis such that you pass on quarterbacks that are going to turn – you know, it's like I think back to the Aaron Rodgers draft. Texas had an opportunity to draft Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they did. They drafted but, Travis Johnson, and he'll remind people of right, that. Right. Whoops. But they had David Carr, and so they're like, eh, we have David. We want to see how this goes. Right. And we love you, Travis, by the way. All right, coming up, draft party talk, and then some here on Texans All Access. Great to have you listening tonight, Texans All Access, from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. All right, draft party. You saw the announcement. You know about it. It's happening at the Miller Outdoor Theater. The Texans' very first draft party was at the Astrodome. Mm -hmm. I was there doing a show with Charlie Palillo and Rich Lord. No, Rich actually didn't do the show that day. I think it was Granado and Palillo. And I think Granado oh, left at some point. Anyway, it was a... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he left? I don't know what happened. I don't know. No, he didn't like walk out in a huff or anything. There's some story there. I'll have to ask him. Uh, the second year was at the bubble. I'm not going to go through them all here, yeah, but it was yeah. at the bubble when Andre Johnson was picked. And then it went to the club level for years. Then uh-huh. in 2014, like we said, went to the first level. We did the virtual draft in 2020. That yep. was really cool under yeah. the circumstances. Roger Goodell's basement is nicer than my house. <laughs> and then last year, again, COVID, we couldn't do any Friday night event, but you had no first or second round picks anyway. But now, Johnny, I feel like the draft is going to feel like it's in Houston. The entire yeah. draft. Yeah. The setup is so beautiful there yeah. at the Miller Outdoor Theater. I'm not just blowing smoke here. Take a look at our video that we put out, but we can't really simulate it better than what it's going to be yeah. on April 28th. And so you come out, and you enjoy, and you hang out, and hopefully April 28th you'll have a, a great night of weather, which the only fear that I have is that mm-hmm. we get a 90-degree night and it's 100% humidity and I'm sweating through my suit. And you know what? But here's the thing. I won't care. Right. I won't care. I will be sweating. I don't care. The fact that we're doing a draft party again is going to be outstanding and two first-round picks. The suspense. I know. The suspense. I know. Our heads are going to oh. be on a swivel because they're going to pick third. Let's say they don't trade. Yeah. They're going to pick third. We're going to get the draft choice on the phone, all that stuff, or on the Zoom, and it's going to be wild. We're going to put them on the big screen there at the Miller Outdoor Theater. We're going to be talking to them. It'll be craziness, and we'll have to keep our eyes on what's happening because there might be trades going on. Of course, there will be probably, and it is going to be mass hysteria, suspense, anxiety, angst, and then you get picked number 13. It's going to be awesome. You know one thing I didn't do? In my mock, and I don't know if we talked about this yesterday. What? You know, one thing I didn't do in the mock that I gave a lot of consideration to doing? What? But it kind of goes back to our talk about Philadelphia not wanting three picks in the first round. I thought about trading back into the bottom of the first round. Because there were a couple players at the bottom of the first round in my mock that I looked at and went, ooh, boy, I think they'd be really good. 
I think they'd be really good here. But do you want to three guys on rookie contracts? Yeah, that's dude, it's dicey. He's gonna dicey. make deals. He's gonna. What's the over under on trades? Four. Oh, man. Four. Got eleven picks right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, four. That's a, that's a high number for over under. Okay, set at three and a half. Set at three and a half. I'll go four. I think four is fair. Because and, and I was thinking three. Three's in my head. All right. Well, the first one might not so happen until difference till day two. Yeah, right? I know. It, it could. It could. But Nick might be. I don't need those six round picks. And this, I don't know. Let's just do this. But I mean, they that. traded. They traded up and down for Nico. Mm-hmm. I want to say there was a trade involved in there that got them to Brevin. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one involved with Wallow to get Garrett. I think they went up a few spots to go get Garrett. I think There's, there were three last year, and they had eight picks. Mark my words. There will be a player in the fifth that they want to grab, yeah. and he's going to use whatever he has yeah, to yeah, yeah. with the later rounds because he doesn't want to have to deal with drafted rookies maybe. Yeah, he's got all well, those, those six-round picks too. But, and he's going to like the player, and he's going to go ahead and make the deal. Well, like you said, if he, that's why he would trade up. He yeah. likes the player. They like Nico, went and traded up. They like Wallow, they went and traded up. And then we're done after five rounds. We can do our interviews, write about these guys, get ready, go home. It'll be awesome. I mean, that would be fantastic. But I'm okay staying the full draft and waiting. To, <laughs> you mentioned 2014 draft. We had Mr. Irrelevant that year, did we not? In 2014, yes, it was Lonnie, Lonnie Ballantyne. Yep, Lonnie Ballantyne. Waited all that time. Who I got was that. here for like 10 years and, <laughs> and didn't just play could much. Never, his body could never stay healthy. Oh, he my could, gosh. He just couldn't stay healthy. You want to talk about oh. all airport. Lonnie Ballantyne oh. walking through the airport looks like the greatest safety that ever lived. And who knows how good he would have been had he been able to play and hold up health-wise. That would have been awesome. I mean, you get something like that out of a seventh rounder. You had Andre Howell, who's a seventh rounder. I mean, think of what you got out of Dre as a seventh rounder. I mean, the Texans have hit in those back end. Derek Newton, Bryce McCain, yeah. six, I think, for Bro- or is yeah. Bryce. Yeah. Uh, DJ Reader was the fifth rounder, but he was the last pick of the 2016 draft. How about that? 2016 draft. Think about that. Will Fuller, Nick Martin, um, uh, Braxton Miller. Oh. You also had Tyler Irvin. You had all the speed and talent, and who's the best player of that draft, and it's not even close? The guy at the end. DJ Reader. DJ Reader. Isn't that amazing? Crazy to think about. But that's why I don't mind having fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. All right. I don't mind. You'll find a guy. That's going to do it for the show tonight. You know, Wednesday is normally known as Draft Wednesday, but we did heavy draft tonight, but that's what the season is right now. We've got it coming up April 28th. Like we said, draft party at Miller Outdoor Theater presented by Miller Lite. And you know what? You can go to HoustonTexans.com, get a lot more information on that. We've got a contest coming out later this week where you predict the first five games of the Mm. schedule, which is coming out in May, and you're going to win. It's going to be fun. Johnny, DB, Drew, and I will all play along with you. So details coming up a little bit later in the week on that. We'll have McLean on on Thursday as well. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening, and go Texans.